Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to Tender Loving Care with your host, myself, Pauline, and my darling, Kate. Every week, Kate and I break down a show from the TLC Network, the name of the network that I believe for the longest time was an acronym for Tender Loving Care. And when I found out that it actually stood for the Learning Channel and I saw the types of shows that were on that channel, my deep confusion bred this podcast. Each week, Kate and I will randomly select a show to cover for the next episode by spinning our wheel of shame, which has only the trashiest of trash TLC and Discovery Plus shows that we will be studying. Hi, 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 Kate. Hi, Polly. What's going on in Austin, apart from Sandoval invading your city? Sandoval invading my city and dating or quote unquote dating some influencer girl named Carly Um, uh yeah that's happening I very much now that I know he's here I'm like oh that's why things feel a little bit slimy around here that's why the clouds started rolling in that's (laughs) why everything you just started seeing tumbleweeds going across in a busy Austin street you just thought he's in town but apparently he was jetting off to some he was at like the international terminal at LAX. So he's off on some holiday somewhere. So oh don't fear. He's left Austin. Thank God. I can still smell the Coors Light. <gasps> um, anyways. Yeah. So I'm good. It's other than that. Very good. How are you? I am coming to you with news about Summer House. Now, okay. Here is the deal for anyone that needs to catch up. I had never watched Summer House. And as Kate and I are massive, massive Bravo historians and lovers of everything Bravo, um, Kate and many people had said to me, well, you watch Summer House, never seen it. So the past couple of potties, I'd said that I'd started watching it. And I was very confused because I didn't understand 
any of them. And here's why. And so, Kate, now I'm still watching it. I'm like, I watched the, I'm on season, I don't know what season it is, but it's, I've gone through the the pandemic season. I basically just fast forwarded. I couldn't watch like all of that. Um, I love how we still say fast forward. Like I still imagine VCR, like fast forward. I skipped (laughs) those episodes. Um, So I'm in the one afterwards now. And um, it's one with Carl Sober. And you had said to me, you know, you're going to love Carl because, you know, he has a transition. You see all this stuff. And and my problem with Summer House is as follows. One, I said to you, they, it's, okay, it's really cruel to say they're not good looking because they're attractive people that are in the house. Got it. They're on television. They need to be attractive. They're sexy. Their bodies are in banging, right? Mm-hmm. But there's something I can't put my finger on it that I don't understand why, like I said to you, well, Carl is supposed to be this drop dead on everyone. Fancy Carl. Don't understand that. Don't understand Kyle. Don't understand any of the men. None of the men can I understand were being attractive at all. The women are, but like Sierra just came in, the nurse and like what? And she's like drop dead beautiful. Like yes. she's insanely beautiful. But the other girls like Danielle, yeah, pretty, whatever. Hannah didn't ever understand Hannah. I didn't understand her character. I didn't understand why she was in there. Amanda, I don't understand at all. And we see her and Kyle, and they're like, they're obviously going to end up married. Um, but but they're like fighting all the time. Should we get married? Should we not? And that whole story is so boring. Then. What I didn't get is in the 2021, when they go to the house for like six weeks, right? And they're all working and they're like, oh, we all have to work. I was a little bit like, I don't like this. And I don't like this because if you go back to our darlings of VPR at the very beginning, those people were working service jobs when we first met them all, right? And with tips in West Hollywood, that can be a very good living. But, you know, they would work there. All those people quit like after the first two seasons, you know, because they had brand endorsements, everything like that. I was really perturbed that that in Summer House they actually had jobs. I, and I didn't like that. I didn't want to see them working. It was weird. Okay. Yeah. I think they're supposed to be more aspirational than okay. the pump rules people you originally mean were. Aspirational? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be like, oh, look at these fabulous New Yorkers and their oh. fun summers and they get wild. They let their hair down when they're not in the city. And okay. so. Um, I always used to describe it as like, I, it cracked me up because it's like shots of New York. It's like New York meetings, yep. jobs. Yep. And then they go there and they're throwing watermelons on the ground and acting like psychos because they just have to release this tension they have in the city. I, as I said, it's so annoying. Yeah. Like I was saying last week when I was like, I've had such a hard week. Like that was, was all over. I need to just relax this weekend. Yeah. And, and it's also, I think, really annoying to just see all these really rich New Yorkers just go to another really, really rich place. Yeah. It cannot, it just cannot settle with me. And also I think there's no drama. It's just Paige constantly being like, I'm, I'm stringing along five different guys. And then Amanda's complaining about Kyle. And then all the other girls that Lindsay is interesting, but she's just, she's kind of starting drama, but then they're all friends. I'm like, this is not what I want to see. Can you imagine if you put the early VPR cast in a house? It would have been a nightmare. Oh, God. There's not a lot of drama with that. 
No, it can't compare to pump rules. It's you start to see. I think that's why they started to bring some of the pump rules people in. Like oh, there's yeah. episodes where like Stassi comes. That was weird. And, I saw that. Yeah, that was rude. And uh, Tom was there and he was bleeding out of his anus. It was really odd. It was really strange. odd. And then now they have the winter house with more of them. But uh, I don't yeah, know. I want. I want to say this season. I mean, you're so invested now. You might as well keep going, right? Going, like, oh, I, yeah. I mean, so, am I still I watching think, this? Absolutely. <laughs> I want to say the season after the one you're on yeah. is one that I was really excited watching. Okay. Um, All right. Good. I'll persevere. I'll persevere. I yeah. Do soldier they're gonna, on. They're going to end up getting married, whatever. <laughs> but I will. The 2021, um, when Carl's brother died, that was so horrific. That was so tragic and awful. I thought, okay, I don't know if I can watch this because that man was suffering so much. He's lost his brother. He was stuck in this house. He had to go. It was a lot. Um, So it was really nice seeing him this season coming back and he's like slimmed down and his skin's popping and he's fresh and he's, you know, he seems a nice guy. Um, And I do have a, a little bit of a fondness for him when he's sober and he's dealing with all of these people drunk. And Kyle has tiny moments when he's like talking to himself and drunk like I could go oh ha 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 but there's no like comedy in it like you go through all the housewives VPR there's always going to be comedy and drama but I'm just like this made it this far I just couldn't believe the show's made it that far I just don't get it it's almost like watching people you know party yeah yeah because they they don't have a ton of substance or personality. Some there's exceptions. Like I think Lindsay is a super good reality star. She, I agree, but she is not living up to her potential of drama. She's doing well. She like goes in and says something about like, no, no, more, more. Yeah. They need about five Lindsay's yeah. to really get it popping off. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to hear. Keep, keep me updated on okay. the rest of the seasons as you watch them. Cause okay. I, I, there was a point where I was really thinking it was good and I'm, I'll have to go back and figure out when that was, but I it was- know that there was a reunion just now. Cause it was all over Instagram of the most recent season. Mm. And, um, there's apparently drama there because everyone hates Lindsay now, apparently. Don't know. Yeah. And then I think the era you're in, it was all about everyone didn't like Hannah, Hannah's gone. I ca- why she was on that in that I I that blew my mind. I didn't get her at all. She was the I'm not like other girls. I'm funny and I am a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Ooh, that was a lot. All right. Yeah. Well, anyway. enough of that. And we're not going to talk about Vanderpump rules be- because we we too much, too much. So we're going to go into the show, guys, that the Wheel of Shame chose for us last week, which is Gypsy's Revenge. And I cannot remember, Kate, did I, do you have a synopsis there? Oh, I didn't send um, it to you, did I? You didn't send it, but I could pull it up quick. Okay, perfect. So this is what the Wheel of Shame gave us. And it was a docu, which was nice, guys. Um, and speaking of that, we will discuss at the end of the show a new kind of refresh that we have had with our Patreon and our potty schedule. So we'll discuss it at the end. But in the meantime, we're going to dive into this. So Kate, whenever you're ready, give it to us. Okay, so this is called Gypsy's Revenge, and this is how it's described on the Discovery Plus channel. Dee Dee and Gypsy Rose Blanchard epitomize the triumph of human spirit over adversity. So when a vulgar message implying someone was dead appeared on Facebook in 2015, friends and neighbors were perplexed. Was it a joke or something more sinister? 
Now, guys, this was definitely not our usual. Um, it's true crime, so I've obviously watched it. Um, this case, I think a lot of people it became, if you hadn't, if you didn't already know it, a lot of people became aware of it when Joe, I think her name is Joey King, the actress, she played Gypsy Rose in a and with Patricia Arquette as Dee Dee um in a series based on based on their lives on Hulu like a couple of years ago. Um so I was definitely aware of this case. It it's bizarre and if you're listening I'm sure you do as well but a reminder is this happened in 2015. Um this this is just one long docu where we get interviews with Gypsy Rose Blanchard as well. Um she is it speaking from prison? The whole kind of story of this is that this woman's body, Dee Dee, is found 2015, stabbed to death in her bed. And her daughter is missing. And the body is found. Kate, you referenced these Facebook messages. So somebody from um, somebody had hacked into, appeared to hack into Gypsy Rose, the daughter's Facebook page and leave really horrific messages like the bitch is dead. I'm going to get her daughter. I'm going to do. And so everyone kept being on what's going on, what's going on. They found Dee Dee's body, the mother. Gypsy Rose, nowhere to be seen. Now, Gypsy Rose herself was a victim of Munchausen syndrome by proxy, meaning that this mother had, for her entire life, concocted these illnesses. They, she supposedly had muscular dystrophy. She had leukemia. She had feeding tubes. Her teeth fell out because of all these cancer medications that she was subscribed. They said she couldn't walk. She was in a wheelchair. And what you learn in this documentary is all these people around Gypsy Rose and Dee, they believed everything. They believed the fictitious age. They thought this girl was like 11 or 12 and she was like 17. Um, she was in a wheelchair all the time, but could walk. I mean, it was everywhere. It was this entire story that had been um, made up by her mother to keep control and power over Gypsy Rose. And eventually she had enough. She met somebody online. We'll get into all the details, but she met somebody online and her mother ended up dead. So Kate, how much did you, you hadn't seen this, but how much did you know of this case? I knew the broad strokes of the case. Okay. I knew that she had killed her mother or had her mother killed because of all the suffering and she was trying to escape her. And mm-hmm. the Munchausen's by proxy. Mm-hmm. So I knew the sort of the headlines. And I think I had seen something or read about it before, but I had Got not it. seen this particular docu. Got it. Okay. I I really like the way this was done because we got an interview with Gypsy and we'd never seen that before. I'd seen the grainy police footage. We get all of that as well in the interview rooms, which was great. But she's originally from Louisiana. Dee Dee was brought up in Louisiana. She, I can't remember whether she was married to Gypsy Rose's dad or not. We meet him as well. Um, had Gypsy Rose and she took him away. And there's a lot of speak, there's a lot of talk about that her dad was like exiled from her life due to Dee Dee. 
but he wanted to be a part of Gypsy Rose's life and is very much a part of her life now. She's in prison with his wife, uh, Gypsy Rose's stepmother. So you get all this footage of her, Didi would push her like to get these Make-A-Wish foundations and they were victims of Hurricane Katrina and we see that their house was destroyed. And we start down this path of finding out that Didi was just constantly taking this girl to the doctors and proclaiming that she was dying. Yeah, that she, and it it was accepted by her family that she wouldn't have a very long life, mm-hmm. and which is probably why one of the reasons she was lying about her age to yeah. you know, get more mileage out of it. And they had, I mean, they got a free house uh, mm-hmm. from Habitat for Humanity that was fitted with a ramp and everything she needed. And she was collecting cash, uh, yeah. child support money every month and stashing that away. And she's just all over the news. They're so well known. The whole yeah. town, it seems like, knew about them because they were always fundraising, GoFundMe, they're posting on Facebook, please share, please share. And so I liked the way that they laid this out too, because they, they had you really um, convinced as well. If you had never heard the story Mm -hmm. and you were watching it, you're like, Oh wow, this poor little girl has been through so much. And I mean, turns out she had, but in a much different way. I think what was really interesting as well is because you could obviously this is a mental illness, right, to do this. But they also uncovered the um, the way that Dee Dee, I mean, she conned people obviously into convincing Gypsy Rose was ill, but the hunger for money she was doing, she was I mean, there was forgery everywhere and she was getting, you know, whether it was disability, whether it was going to the government to get more funds, like you say, getting a house, they built her a house, she was on the local news, you see Gypsy Rose in a wheelchair and this girl is a teenager that can walk around and you'll break and her head was shaved, she shaved her head, I mean, she had thick glasses, none of this did she need, but Dee Dee was, as much as there must have been like the psychopathy of it of her you know wanting to control and keep this daughter for whatever psychological reasons that this manifested she was also very astute in conning organizations for money that's what she was good at oh so much uh she i'm thinking back because they they also went they showed her history um and sort of Mm -hmm. her origin story so Didi grew up with, I think, five or yep. six other siblings. Yep. She was the baby. Mm-hmm. Very, and They interview her siblings. Uh-huh. And she was very, very close with her mom. And the sibling is saying that she got treated way better than all of the other siblings. They all had to work for what they got. She was given a car and she was mm-hmm. given, um, you know, all these fancy dresses for pageants. And the other kids never got that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then her mother passes away and she starts conning everyone around her to continue to get stuff and not have to work for it. She runs up a bunch of credit cards in her deceased mother's name and then does all this with her daughter. And they're very close. They share a Facebook account. Like she has every move 
that her daughter's making. She was a professional con artist. And so when all of this came out and, you know, I'm sure if you're listening, you're familiar with the story and and um, Gypsy Rose gets interviewed by the police and they discover that her and this boyfriend, we'll, we'll talk about how they meet, but her and this boyfriend um, get together and, the, and have been both participated. We don't know how much either really did, but um, of the killing of her mother, you start to just work your way back and go, well, how much did Gypsy Rose know that she could do and know how much this was a con? And so you see these interviews with her in prison and all the interviews um, when she was supposedly ill, she had a little baby voice. She'd like seek like that. And she said, and that was all like put on because she was constantly infantilized. So she had to be this tiny little fragile young doll when she was like 16 years old. And, um, she, you know, you're wondering, well, did she plan all this? Was it really like, was she the mastermind? This is the kind of questions that was posed. Was she the mastermind? And she got this guy to do her bidding to get rid of this mother. And does she have any regret? Did she, have, what, did she actually stab the mother? There's a lot of this. And we, we find out that she describes kind of understanding that she could eat. She goes, I didn't think I could eat. I believed I had all of this. I believed I had all these diseases because I was told my entire life I had it all. And I, she says, I knew I could walk, but she said, I, I knew, or, I mean, she was so manipulated and abused by her mother that she was scared of what her mom would do. If she got up in front of everyone and walked around, she thought that maybe her mom would hurt her or something. I mean, she did. She lived in terror and was pleasing this mother constantly because the mother had to keep up this illusion. And it, it, oh, it's so unbelievably dark. So she, everything's controlled, like you say, everything. Her mother watches her everywhere. She's with her constantly. That's it. But you, there was this ice cream moment. And I think it was in this documentary. It was something else that I remember. She was never allowed sugar. She was never allowed, you know, there's so many dietary things, right? And she said, I remember, I thought what my mother convinced me I would die if I had sugar, I'd die. But one night I decided there was ice cream in the freezer and I decided to try it. And I was terrified to try it. And I had a spoonful of ice cream and I was fine. And that was the moment where everything started to fall into place. She's like, I know I can walk. That was a lie about the sugar that my mother told me. And, so, and she finds, doesn't she find a card, like an insurance card or a birth certificate? And she sees she was born in 91 and not 94 or whatever. Yep. She That's right. She sees the falsified documents. And so whatever, I mean, you can't imagine what a lonely, lonely existence that must have been. She's discovering the only person that she's ever known to be her protector has been abusing her. It, it's Stockholm syndrome. It's it, there's so much in it. It's so complex. So she said, I started to want independence and see what I could do. What could I do? But she was terrified of her mother. So everything had to be undercover. So she eventually gets a hold of her mother's laptop. And she said, I would bring it. And she said, I was terrified, but I bring it into my room. And that's when she started going on social media and going into chat rooms. And that's where she said she went to a Christian dating site and met a young man named Nick. 
so Nick is somebody that she started talking to and she said it escalated very quickly within a week we were dating and arranging to meet up um see there's a lot that gets rude this is where the question comes in of how much did Gypsy really push this very he was very vulnerable as well a very vulnerable guy to committing this murder uh because Kate she starts get she gets a cell phone as well hooks up to the home's wi-fi and then she's like and then I could because the mother put a lock on the laptop she's like I could so she was communicating with them and then planned to meet up at that movie theater yes the movie theater this oh god I know I know. So they're communicating. They're getting really close. They're both still so young. Um, how old is he? Do you remember teenagers? Right. He's. Oh, I think he was legally an adult. I feel oh, okay. like he was eighteen or nineteen. She was eighteen too, though, right? Or was she at this point when they're going to the movie theater? Very possible. I just like know. actually nineteen. Yeah. But her mom's telling her she's 15 or something. So he lives in Waukesha County in Wisconsin. And he's going to come down and they're going to go to the movies to see the new Cinderella movie. Well, she's going to go with her mom and and do this. Like he's going to be a stranger. So she concocted this plan that she would get her mother to take her to the movie theater. I thought that the mom knew, like, oh, I'm my friend's gonna oh, be there too. Oh no, no, it was all concocted. Okay, so the mother would never let anyone in her circle, especially not a boy. Right. Okay. So she said, "I I convinced my mom to go and see the new Cinderella movie because the whole the whole Disney thing really is sickening in this as well because she's all about princesses. Oh, oh it's re- she's always dressing up as princesses and stuff, and her mother keeps putting her in these costumes of little girls. It's so dark. Anyway." Because I know my mom would let me see that. So we go. She's dressed up in a wig and a crown. Yeah. Yeah. And one of those costumes that you used to get from like the Disney store when they existed. Yeah. Yep. And um, she had planned that he would come in and, and it would just be a stranger that they just start talking. So he traveled all the way there, got to the movie theater. She sat there with the mom and he comes in and sits like next to them. And they very probably it probably was seemed ridiculous but then they were like oh hi hi who are you my name's gypsy and her mum was like that guy's a creep um and said we're moving over here so they moved to a different section of the movie theater um it's so eerie thinking that that was her that was going to be her killer yeah it's you know um he had the right idea knowing he's creepy yeah then gypsy they planned this as well. So rough. She goes, they planned to, but she says, I need to go to the toilet, bathroom. So she goes to the bathroom, meets him in there. And that's how she lost her virginity and has sex with him in the bathroom. Oh, I was really, and she said it was, it was, I always imagined it would be rose petals and da, da, da. She says, but we, we had sex and then we had to rush out to meet my mum at the concessions and be like, oh, sorry, I was gone a long time. And I was with Mike, uh, what's his name, Nick, because he was so, he, he just wants to be my friend. And then she says her mum took her into the bathroom and slapped her. Um, it's, it, oh, I just can't, this is an adult woman 
and she's having to play this role and she's sneaking behind her mother's back. Anyway, Nick starts to reveal to her that he has multiple personality disorders, he says. He hasn't been diagnosed, but he says he has something inside of him called Victor, a character named Victor, who he says is the evil side of him. So in these interviews, Kate, you see Gypsy from jail talking about this and saying, I thought I had to play along. So I created characters as well. And then we see all the photos that she'd sent him, like provocative photos and in wigs. And she said, and I made up these these characters. Candy was sexy and to like, I guess, lead him on and stuff like that or lead him on or or play along with him. It's keep him around. And also what's so dark about this period is after, is this the point where the mom smashed her laptop and she is, oh no, she tries to run away. Oh yeah. She does try to run away and she she drags her back, right? Yes. And after she tries to run away, her mom gets way worse and chains her in her room to her bed or whatever. And she can only leave to go to the bathroom supervised. And she's like hitting her with hangers. And um, it's really bad at home after she tried to run away. And she smashes her laptop with a hammer. So at this point, she just has the stolen cell phone and she's on Facebook on the Wi-Fi. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Gypsy go and run away to a house of another man? It was like another man she met online. It was really weird because it wasn't this guy. Yeah. And she said he was in his 30s. Yeah. And her mom came there and was flipping out and told him she's 15. And then yes. he started getting freaked out because he she had said that she was 19. And uh, I think that she got called because it was a family friend or something like they knew who she was and that she should oh, be home. Got it. Um, I don't know. It was kind of unclear, but so yeah, that whole thing happens too. And then she's chained in her room and it's like extreme. If it wasn't abuse, it was, oh, it was over the top abusive. It was so bad. And, and so this is when the prosecutors say in, you, you see all the court documents and things about how they started plotting to kill Dee Dee. Yeah. And Gypsy speaks about it as though, she was playing this role for Victor, this evil presence that lived within Nick. And Victor was the one that was saying, I want to kill her. Um, we need to get rid of her for doing all this bad stuff to you. And Gypsy, all the text messages were revealed and she's definitely pushing it and encouraging it and planning it and staging it. Um, so they, you see all of these messages and they're planning him coming I don't know how much it was laid out. I don't think they were ever so specific. Maybe they'd spoken on the phone about it because the messages never said, we'll slaughter her or we'll stab her or whatever. It was just like, this is how it's going to be done. Are you ready to do it for tomorrow? And right, they never like specifically went into it. Well, before they arrived to the stabbing plan or the plan that he would do it, 
they were basically brainstorming. They were researching ways that they could do it. She said, Oh, could we have a candle accidentally fall and start a fire in the house? Could we, you know, poison her? Could we do this or that? And at that point she was the one, she was telling him, I'm going to do this so that I can leave and we can be together because as long as she's alive, there's no way I can ever be with you. And then she says, eventually I told him, I don't have it in me to kill her. Um, you're going to have to do it. And he said that he was freaked out, but eventually came around and said, you know, I think Victor can do it. And then, um, he, they're texting, he's taking a bus down there and she's sending him messages. Like I left the gloves out front, honey or baby or whatever. And, uh, Right. He, t- he had told her they did plan on the knife on the stabbing because he told her he's good with knives or knows a lot about knives or whatever. So he, that's what the murder weapon was. Well, that makes so much sense because she was convicted and for possibly first degree, I'm not sure, but, but there was premeditation. It was evident from these messages. I'd forgotten all that because guys, I watched this like a while ago and kind of flipped through it for, for this party. But yeah. And then her version of events is that he came in and she hid and heard him stabbing her mother to death in the other room. And she said she didn't want to do it or didn't want to go through it then and just hid and didn't listen to it or left the house, I think. Didn't she leave the house? She was huddled in the bathroom, in the tub Mm -hmm. or something like that. She was in the bathroom and she talks about how you you watch movies and you hear people screaming like in a horror movie but it was so much worse in real life and she said she wanted to do according to her she wanted to get up and do something to stop him because while it was happening she changed her mind about it but she couldn't because she was too afraid and so she then says that after it was over he ordered her, that's how she phrases it. He mm-hmm. ordered me to clean up the blood from the floor and, you know, help, help with it. Mm-hmm. And then they decide she, she thinks that there's going to be a metal detector on the bus. And uh, so she's like, we should mail the knife. So they put the knife, the murder weapon in a packet to oh, mail to his house and then she takes, she knows where her mom's money bag is that has a ton of cash in it, yeah. the child support money. And so she grabs that and they, they go to the bus stop and they take a bus up to his house. And mm-hmm. then the cops find them because they trace the IP address where the Facebook post was made and they're in Wisconsin. And then that's where, you know, they, that's where, arrest yeah. Them. Because you and you see surveillance footage of them. We get interviews like with the taxi driver that picked them up and said they were an odd looking couple, um, but they were quite cheery. And then, oh, because they go to the oh, this is so dark. Do you remember this part where they go to the hotel and there's footage of her at the hotel and she says she took like painkillers or something to numb herself out about what just happened? And it was really creepy watching that footage. I know. They're kind of giggling. And she's wearing a weird wig. She's trying to disguise herself. I mean, they, there was, you cannot, there was so much planning, obviously. There was a ton of planning. Um, But the, the question, so then they get arrested. 
What's so interesting is the police interview footage. Now, I can watch police interview footage all day long. And there are some days that I do watch it all day long. Get on YouTube, see suspects being interviewed. It's fascinating. The techniques that police use are fascinating. Um, She is still in the mode, still in the little girl mode. And they come in and they tell, and she's kind of just sat like this on the sofa. And then they come in and they tell her, your mother's dead. And she has this complete fake reaction. And watching her fake that, ooh, that was interesting. For someone that claims she was pushed into it, she was a victim of Victor and Nick. But she played that very well. She did not say anything then of like, I know, you know, he pushed me into it. I don't know what happened. She's like, I, I didn't know. Oh my goodness. Oh my. Oh, I mean, she'd been watching her mom lie to everyone her entire life. So I Absolutely. guess she picked up some things. What was your impression, Kate, of Nick's interview with the police? It was interesting. He, I, I believed it, it explained a lot once we found out that he um, has uh, autism and mm-hmm. I think it was his mom that they talked to as well. And she um, was kind of explaining that he will always have the mind of a 15 year old or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that he was just as much as she was creating characters to desperately keep him in her life and have this person that's so obsessed with her. I think he was doing that by, um, playing this like knight in shining armor and then playing up the Victor stuff. And, um, his, I mean, he was a very vulnerable individual. Yeah, he really was. He was his mental capacity. I mean, the fact that he, I mean, he, I don't know if you picked up on this, and it could have been this docu, it could have been another one that I watched about it. But they asked him very pointedly, "Did you have sex with her?" As in the mother, Dee Dee, and he's like, "No." And he's there was like, "Did you not have sex with her body before or after she was dead?" And he says, no, I think obviously they were trying to establish what happened. I swear they mentioned something about semen being present. Ooh, I don't remember that part. I, I'm sure people are listening being like, no, you've got that completely wrong. But I know they were asking and that would be normal for them to ask to understand if there was sexual abuse of the corpse or if, you know, anything happened to her before death, but there was some suggestion that there was something sexual. Not that that was the motive, but that just played a part. Mm. Don't know. Don't know. Um, so the, it's really interesting to watch these interviews. And then they're like, Gypsy, we know all about you. And everything comes out. And we get these interviews with the friends. And that's what's the craziest. The community that knew her so well, knew both of them so well. They were horrified that Dee was dead. And then even more horrified when they're seeing Gypsy Rose in an orange jumpsuit in chains walking across a courtroom. They didn't even know she could walk. They didn't even know her real age. They knew nothing. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they 
there's still, it's still sinking in for some of them. There was a lot of people damaged with this yeah. because she conned a whole community. She conned people. Ev, can you imagine living a lie day in, day out like that? And all these people just wanted to help, but they had so much empathy for both of them as anybody would. You see a single mother with a child with special needs. You, you, you have so much empathy. And all these people gave their time. This guy was like, I used to carry Gypsy. I used to carry her from a house to a car. I used to, she could walk the entire time. It it, it was insane. So I felt so bad for the dad too, because oh, he had no idea that he says now it makes sense why she was keeping her so far away from me because mm. I might've been able to figure out what was going on. Yes. And he estimates that he gave her $150,000 to pay for all these medical fees and everything. Gypsy says that she's probably seen over a hundred doctors in her life because she would just go, the mom would just take her doctor to doctor until they would do what she wants, which was also pretty concerning to me that the doctors would do that without proof that she actually has anything wrong with her. I think we, we can underestimate what a con artist can do. Yeah. And secondly, because she claimed she was a victim of Hurricane Katrina, she said all the medical records were lost. That was a one thing that she kept saying. Oh, right. Okay. So she yeah. would go in and say, I have nothing, but my daughter was diagnosed with so-and-so six years ago. And three years ago, something was going on with her stomach. And and Gypsy just played along with it all. But there were doctors that said she can walk. There's nothing wrong with her. And then she would explode on them and say, I'm going to sue you for malpractice. You don't know that my daughter. To live a life like that, I. It's, it's so sad. It's just so sad around. And Nick was, both of them were convicted, gypsy of a lesser degree. And Nick's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. That very, very vulnerable man is in prison, which will keep you up at night if you have to think about what he's going through and what his family's going through. Yeah, he he could. I I just remembered in the interviews, he couldn't even keep up the lie barely at all. He um, pretty much folded right away. He was like, yeah, I stabbed her. She wanted me to do it and I did it. Then just kind of tells them everything right away. His poor parents. Yikes. Yeah. Having to go and visit their son who's so vulnerable in a violent prison. I, the, I can't, it's my worst nightmare. It's my worst nightmare. What has happened to that man in prison, God knows. I, it's just, all, it's horrendous all around everything. And it all started from a woman that was abusing her daughter. It's just too much to handle. It's, you come away from this and you're just like, you have to take it, you take a deep breath. Gypsy, on the other hand, is actually eligible for parole at the end of this year. Yes, she'll be getting out at the age of 32. And she was, okay, so I just want to understand. She's in prison for murder, been engaged, broke it off, and already married somebody else. Um, she's dating in Los Angeles, and she's she's in prison, and she's been engaged twice and is married. So I don't know what's going on. Oh my gosh. I have all these articles pulled up before we started recording. I was like, what's been going on with her in prison? And it says, so, uh, she married this guy, um, 
Ryan Scott mm-hmm. Anderson. Mm-hmm. And then they, it, this article is about how they split four months after getting married. Oh, they did? Apparently, according to this yahoo.com article. Um, and then yahoo.com. She says, the best source from the early 2000s. <laughs> I know. A letter began to circulate that was believed to be sent from Blanchard 31 to her friends and family, revealing she had plans for annulment in October. Mm. It, this is uh, apparently what the letter said. It is with a heavy heart that this morning I made a decision to go ahead and file for annulment and end my marriage with Ryan. My marriage ends with no fault to either of us. I believe we are just in different places in our lives and find yeah, it you're too in difficult. Murder. <laughs> find it too difficult to walk a path together. Um, so then I kept going down and it said prior to Gypsy's romance with Anderson, she was engaged to several men, including oh. her ex-fiance Ken who she met through a pen pal program in prison. This is the third or fourth one that she's had. It's concerning. She, I think that, I think she was under the guidance of a master manipulator. And I'm sure she picked up a ton of it unbeknownst to her. I'm sure she's a fabulous manipulator. Really do. There's another thing I need to talk about too. Go on. Do you know about this bachelorette? alum uh named josh cedar or Sater. i don't know anything to the bachelor or bachelorette world no okay well it intertwines with the 90 day world so yeah so this guy was a first eliminated guy on the bachelorette season 11 okay and he after that just goes reality star to reality star trying to date them and marry them got it um so he the list of people that he has dated so first when he didn't find any luck on the bachelorette he began dating yolanda who was on before the 90 days um do you remember her not offhand i I recognize her face she um she was the, she lost a bunch of weight um her husband passed she lost oh, a bunch of weight got healthy the and then the she guy, got conned that was the guy, that was she was one of the most epic she was on a phone call with the man with a thick nigerian accent and his name was like his name was like peter and he was an executive living in london that was on that was one of the most underrated and she was calling him she goes well I'm going to book my flights to London. What airport should I go to? And he's like, uh, go into uh, uh, Manchester. And Manchester, for everyone, is up the very north of England. And she's like, huh, don't you want me to fly into London? You live in London? Yeah, baby, wherever you want to go, baby. And she's like, but so should I book? And her son and daughter were like, what are you doing? You're being conned. She's like, no, I think he's real. But you are bringing this up, Pete, and I, do, I, I don't know that guy's name, that Josh guy's name by heart, but I have seen stuff on Instagram about him. Yeah, so he dated Yolanda, and um, they actually got engaged. Oh, come on. And he tattooed Yolanda's name on his arm and everything. And then he also dated another 90-day person, Karini. Oh. oh, talk about dark. Okay. Uh, they met on Instagram and started DMing. And uh, so they dated. And then 
he dated Lizzie from Love After Lockup. Ouch. Now, lock up, Love After Lockup, I have an English friend that's like, knows about the party and is like, oh, do you do Love After Lockup? And I was like, listen, we scraped the bottom of the barrel with TLC. The We channel is, I mean, I think it's even too low. And I have, well, having said that, I have watched, I did watch some of Love After Lockup when it first came out. And it's so depressing. I can't watch it. They're all, oh, it's really, I can't watch it. It really depresses me. I've never seen it either. I know that a lot of people are obsessed with it, but I don't know if I can go there. So, so he, yeah, so he dated all of those people and Mm. then he started sending gypsy letters and she was pissed. Oh, she was? Yeah, so he sent her apparently a flirty email. Mm-hmm. And what she responded with is, I don't know who you are or why you chose me to try and find your 15 minutes of fame, but I have friends everywhere and I know what lies you've told online, even though you don't know who he is. Um, and then she says, I'm a married woman. My husband's name is Ryan Anderson, and we do not appreciate crazy people like you spreading lies. And then she said, people like Josh disgust her because they prey on the vulnerable. I may look cute, but I have a smart ass mouth and I'm not afraid to tell you to go fuck yourself. She concluded. She's learned a lot in prison. Let's just say that. (laughs) She. I'm worried. I am deeply worried about her getting out. And I don't know if she'll get parole. There's maybe she will for good behavior. But I honestly, I think I, I, she was absolutely abused her entire life. There is no shadow of a doubt about that. She was in a horrific upbringing, but I, I can, I think she's quite dangerous. I really do. I think she's probably because she was under this like mentorship of this mother that was just such a manipulator. I think she's picked up on things. I think her obsession with men is scary. I think mm-hmm. she probably gets a lot of validation from men. I and then she's been put in the prison system and probably she was went in naive and then learned God knows what while she was in the prison system. She frightens me. She really does. She needs so much therapy. Oof. And I don't think she's gotten what she mm-hmm. needs in there and on that front. She needs and, a team of Swiss doctors, like yeah. not just a therapist. She needs to be put away in Geneva for a while like and just have the masterminds come and and figure her out because it is to think of her how would she function in the real world now like what oh I can't I don't know well Well, that's what'll probably happen is she'll find a guy and kind of yeah go with that and if it's the wrong guy she falls in with the wrong crowd who knows what'll Mm -hmm. happen so yeah I'm worried too yeah it was what would you give it out of our 600 pounds of learning Kate Oh, I thought it was a great documentary and I learned yeah. a lot. I'd give it 600. Brillo, I'll do the yeah. same. Absolutely. Good. It was great. All right. So that was our review of Gypsy's Revenge. So guys, we're going to go over to a happy place, to our safe place, to the place that gives us warmth, shelter, and true love. And that is none other than the Wheel of Shame. All right, guys, we are at the Wheel of Shame. Woo! Now, 
I don't know what, where are you headed on this? What would you like the wheel to give us, us today? I, I want something a little bit nice. What nice. You want nice. Okay. We just watched this horrific story. Sure, sure. You know, we've been covering Scandaval. I know. My, my spirit, my nervous system needs a break. Okay. So I'm looking at the list here. Then maybe you're not going to want fatal vows. <laughs> you're not going to want um, evil in law. Prison wives would be on theme. That might yeah. be. Um, but I'm trying to see what else. Sinkhole, swallowed alive. I mean, why do we even have this on here? It's. Ri- I mean, some of this stuff is like, we need to get rid of this. Yeah. Rock My RV with Brett Michaels. I know you're super excited about that. Oh, yeah. I feel like, so oh, Secret Lives of Stepford Wives might be good. Ooh, I'd be in for that for sure. I could do that or I could do a little paranormal yeah i could do that all right guys we've just got to find out i mean we can't make this decision the wheel has to do it for us so we are about to spin three two one spin there's also something that's like just all on darcy as well by the way it's like darcy's journey or something all right what do we got what do we got what do we got what do we got (gasps) oh no idea what this is so kate get your google in Written in the stars. No idea what this is. No, this isn't giving me a clue either. I would say horoscopes. It may be something psychic, maybe medium, uh, matchmaking medium. What is it, Kate? It's a dating show. People finding true love matched up based on their zodiac signs. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I okay. love this. All right. Okay. We've got a, we got you what you got what you asked for. You got something light and bright. Yes. Okay. okay. Awesome. Written in the stars. Guys, that's the show that we have for next week. So make sure you have that and um queued up and we will watch it. Now, before we go, we do just want to go over a couple of things, a little bit of housekeeping with you guys. So um, you may have noticed if some of you are our um, Patreon members and you have subscribed to us, um, we took Vanderpump Rules, our coverage of Vanderpump Rules, off of Patreon and we put it on our regular feed. Now, we heard from some of you, some of our subscribers about kind of asking what's going on. And, and we've really been shuffling everything around and try to figure out what we want to do with the potty and what we want to do with us, our subscribers. So... We've we've come to a conclusion that we're going to maintain our schedule of the potty of um, releasing a 90-day episode every Tuesday, a our Wheel of Shame episode every Wednesday, and our coverage of Vanderpump Rules and whatever Bravo show will be next on Friday. So that leaves what we want to put on for our subscribers. And Kate and I, you know, we we really sat down and thought about this because we don't want to just shove anything on there and then ask you to spend your hard earning money to listen to it. We want to do something that's going to be different, interesting. We want, you know, we are our listeners. We are our audience. We do this podcast because we love it and we love all the reality realms and we know what appeals to us. So we thought, well, we'll continue with that. What would we want to listen to? So Kate and I have decided that our Patreon, that's going to be exclusive for only $5 a month, 
Um, for all of our members, we're going to be doing two shows a month, one every other Friday that we're going to release. And um, that is going to be a, de- a kind of a, a mixture of a lot of things. We're going to do deep dives on documentaries. So these documentaries are going to be in true crime, pop culture. We're going to do um, paranormal. We're going to do perhaps relevant stuff or um, you know, uh, documentaries that are just really infamous from maybe five years ago, 10 years, whatever, but always like a real juicy, interesting, insane story because there's nothing better that Kate and I love than getting into the deep, dark mire of dirty, crazy insanity. So that's what those podcasts we're gonna do. We're gonna do deep dive of the parties of the docu, sorry. Then we're also going to have interviews we're going to have interviews with people that work on TLC shows we're going to have um, interviews with people from TLC shows that's going to be exclusive on our Patreon as well and in that we're also going to see what we kind of get feedback from you we want to deep dive into Bravo shows that have long gone disappeared into the abyss of the Bravo world such as Gallery Girls does anyone remember Gallery Girls because I sure do um the girls that just wore black with red lipstick in new york oh it was so good um there's stuff like that there's there's this summer camp one that was on bravo for like one season i never watched it but we're gonna go back to like the old days of bravo we're gonna mix stuff up we're gonna review infamous housewives fights do stories about housewives journeys we've got a ton of stuff planned so i want you guys to know that kate and i really did sit down and think about this it was certainly not picking whatever and shoving it on there. Kate, um, you'll you'll testify to this. We are really, really wanting to make it great content for you. Yes. And we want to thank you for your patience as we figured it out because we had to think about what would be sustainable for us so mm-hmm. that we can keep delivering it consistently. We both work full time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would love to put one out every Friday. If you want that, tell friends and get, you know, get other people to subscribe. So, so we can be supported to do that, you know, um, because we are really excited to put these together and, um, you know, if there's something in this world or some documentary or some piece of media that you want us to go in on some topic, uh, email us at tender tender loving care pod at gmail.com or go on Instagram and DM us at tender loving care podcast mm-hmm. and let us know what you are just really wanting coverage on. And uh, we will definitely consider any suggestions. Oh, um, it so be, yeah, it would be fabulous. And you know, Kate and I absolutely love doing this. This is why we have done it for over a year now. And our this is our hundredth and second episode that we've put out. Um, but it's a lot of work. You know, it's a lot of work. We don't have, you know, these big people like Danny Pellegrino and Ryan Bailey. They all have these teams that edit and do like all this management of social media. We do everything from start to finish, from recording to writing structures of shows to doing composing and putting out all of our social media And um, we work really, really hard because we love, absolutely love doing this. So your support means so much to us. And we we really appreciate it. And the more you support and the more you tell people to support, the more we can do because we have a ton going on. So we want to announce that this Patreon is going to go into effect on the 1st of June next week. And we've already picked the first documentary that we will be covering 
It is a Netflix documentary on Anna Nicole Smith entitled You Don't Know Me. Guys, when I say I am an Anna Nicole Smith fan, I go back to the days of Anna, Anna, fabulous Anna, Anna Nicole, she's so outrageous. That was her insane show that was on VH1 for a while. Or was it E? I can't remember. But we are going to go into this. So it's going to be from the heights of her modeling fame to her tragic death, to her relationship with the lawyers and have a personal story about Howard Stern, the lawyer. So guys, you do need to listen for that story alone. Okay. Um, But that's something that's going to go out the 1st of June. So follow us along. Tender Loving Care podcast on Instagram. Um, and we have a little zhuzh with our new show icon. You will see it as you're listening to this now. Our cover art, beautifully designed by one Miss Kate Chinland. Um, It's fantastic. We just wanted to give everything a little bit of a zhuzh and keep growing and giving you more and more and more. So we hope you all enjoy it. Thank you so, so much for tuning in and listening. Tell people, review, all of that good stuff. And I think that's it from us, Kate. Yeah, I uh, I do want to mention with this bonus content, this subscriber content, you can still go to Patreon and get it, patreon.com slash tenderlivingcarepod. Also, you will see them in the feed, but don't worry, we're not giving it away for free also. It right. will be subscriber on the feed. Like you'll have to, you'll see it there, but it's behind a paywall. You click on it and then it'll ask you pay $5 and it's yeah. $5 per month, not per episode. Yep. Uh, so that I did want to clarify that. Sure. Thank you so much. We love you guys very, very much. Oh, we do. All right, guys, have a fantastic rest of your week. And we, you will be hearing from us very, very soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.